of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Elliptical, Givanisi, and we have a very special guest on the show. Instead of the normal episode I do with Andrew, joining me is the founder of LocationRebel.com and Breakin80.com. His name is Sean Ogle. Welcome, Sean uh, Thanks Ogle. For, uh, for having me. Round two. We're doing this again. Yeah, round two. Um, I just like said your name very out loud. And it re- immediately reminded me of the bit that you had with the the running gag that you did. The marathon? Mar- marathon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a few years back, my brother-in-law decided he was going to run the Eugene Marathon. Bucket list thing for me. I always wanted to run a marathon. I'm not much of a runner, but I was like, yeah, sure. We'll do this. Great. Get three weeks in. Seven miles was like the longest run I'd done. Got shin splints, so kind of forgot about it. Three, four months later, it's like yep. two weeks to go, and I realized, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm signed up for a marathon. I've actually got to run this thing. So I run three miles, which was far harder than it should have been. And then I changed my goal of running a marathon to just completing a marathon. And the goal was to run it in five and a half hours. Uh, and that was my goal after training. Okay. So I get up to the starting line, and I'm surrounded by a group of like 70, you know, 70-year-old women. And I was like, okay. I can't be the guy that's holding up the like seven year old women as they're like sprinting from the starting line. The golden girls. So I I run the first like three miles. I'm like, man, if I'm going to finish this thing, I got to stop. And to make a long story short, I ended up completing the marathon. I ran it in 529.05 without training and uh, couldn't walk for a week after that. (laughs) Literally, it was more painful to walk to the store the next day than it was to complete the marathon. Right. That's crazy. And you had a, you, you, what were you like asking for? You were like doing a thing where you were like asking for donations and you were like, go to my website. It's about, it's for my marathon. Oh yeah. So there was the, uh, the charity angle where I'd set up a website or I told people I set up a website. It was google.com. So if you want to cheer for me, go to google.com and you can support me and do the thing. And 90% of the people that I sent that to would go to the site and they'd be like, I hate you so much. So go to google.com because it's still up and running and one of the biggest websites out there. Yeah, it's it's doing pretty well right now. Yeah. So uh, in this episode, all that aside, we are going to talk about how to turn a hobby like running into a money making business. Maybe not running. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math. And Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out that's moneylab.co slash pro 
All right. So in 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 all fairness and in uh, transparency, we have done this episode before. Uh, it did not get published because of technical difficulties, but we're going to try it again. And Steph may or may not keep this section in, but I think it should because sometimes mistakes happen and you should own those mistakes. But um, it's been, I actually wanted to give it some time between the interviews so we didn't just repeat what we said before um, because I feel like that would have been disingenuous to the yep. actual conversation. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about turning a hobby into an online business. And you and I both have something in common, which is we both run hobby-based businesses. You have breakin80.com, which is a golf website. Yep. And I have a home brewing website called brewcabin.com. Right. Now, uh, breaking 80, let's just go over that for a second. What is breaking 80? What is that? I don't know anything about golf. What are you breaking? So if you were to shoot a score of less than 80, then you would be breaking 80. So that's, is that good or that's, bad? That, that would be pretty good. You know, so that would be okay. um, a milestone for the average golfer. So if you're a scratch golfer, which means you're, you can shoot an even par round, that would be about, that would be 72 on most courses. And so if you can break 80, then that means you're only, you know, seven shots over par, um, which maybe that's still too technical for you. I know you're not a golfer. But, yeah. I was um, just thinking, like, didn't I watch Tiger Woods once get a negative 14? Uh, probably not a impossible? negative 14, but you probably saw him get like a negative, you know, 10, negative nine, really? nine under, something like that. So. And that is so that's. That is like in the same measurement of like 80 is yeah, is so, 80. So Tiger Woods will go out and play a course and he might shoot a 63. And I'm probably playing that same course. I will be stoked if I can shoot a 79. And he's probably playing at least 500 yards longer than I am. He's like, you know, way back on tee boxes that I don't even go to because I'm not a good golfer to do it. Okay, got it. So then what's negative 10 then? So that would be 10 under par. So, you know, you've got par three, which is you've got one shot to land on the green and then you've got two putts. And if you can hit one shot and two putt it, then you make a par. So got it. if you go one over par, then it takes you two shots to get to the green and two putts, then that's a bogey. If you can go got it. one shot on the green and only one putt, that's one under par. So if he shoots yeah. a 63, that means on nine of those holes, he made it in he's under par. He's under par. Okay, so there's just two different ways to measure it. Yeah. You can measure it by the amount of like pars and par being zero, right? Par being neutral. Yep. And then anything plus or minus that, or you could do the total score. Exactly. So that, a lot of times if you go sense. talk to a you know established golfer, they'll be like, Yeah, I shot a you know three over today. Or if you talk Got to it. someone else, usually the people that aren't as good, they'll be like, Yeah, I shot a ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. instead of saying, yeah, I shot a 26 over or whatever. All right. So wh how, when did you start this and why? I mean, obviously you're, you're into golf, right? So that was the, that was the, you know, why yeah. you started it, I assume. But like you have an existing business, you have location rebel. Correct. Com. Yeah. So okay. I realized, you know, it had been three or four years since I started location rebel and I learned a lot about online marketing. You know, I was traveling a lot, was traveling three or four months out of the year. And I said, well, mm -hmm. why don't I take everything I've learned and apply it to something that I'm really passionate about, which is golf. And at the time 
there were very few good golf websites out there. You know, it really was, you know, a lot of people think of golf as a dying sport. And back in 2012, 2013, it really felt like that was kind of the case. Um, And so I was traveling a lot. and I said, you know what? There's this list of the top 100 golf courses in the United States. It'd be pretty cool to go play every single one of those golf courses. So that's what I started doing. I started traveling. I would take photos of every single hole. I would do big detailed write-ups of the courses. And in doing that, I started getting, you know, quite a few followers that were saying, hey, I like following along. I like watching what you're doing. Um, And along with that, we would do product reviews. So I'd review golf balls. I'd review like tech gadgets. I'd review golf clothes, golf clubs, all that kind of stuff. And so. And you make it sound so easy. You make it sound like I just did it. Yeah, well, part right? of it is it when you've got a, and you can probably relate to this with Brew Cabin. It's stuff yeah. you're doing anyway. I was going to travel to go play golf anyway. I was going to use those sure. products anyway. So to go one step farther, just write a blog post about it. I'd already been blogging on Location Rebel for three or four years. So it's like, oh, well, this isn't that hard. Um, right. You know, I will say it took a long time for it to actually, you know, gain much traction just because. I didn't take it seriously. It was just that thing I did in my free time and I didn't worry about it and said I wasn't going to worry about making money for the first couple of years. I was just going to create the golf site that I wanted to read. And Oh, so you had no intentions in the first few years to make any or money. Or at least the like, first you, year. I would say the first year I said I'm not going to worry too much about it. And then I started doing a lot more affiliate stuff and now we've actually got a membership community that you know kind of forms the bulk of the income for it. Did you know that that you were going to start that community like that? You have a, a product basically now. Yeah, I had no sell. idea. Um, it, it was you didn't prob- know you were, were going to do that. No, it was probably three or four years in when I recognized the opportunity because mm. I was traveling to play all these exclusive courses, and you know there were members of these exclusive courses that followed me, and they said, "Hey, Sean, I'm a member at such and such club out in the East Coast, top 100 course. If you're ever out in the area, I'd love to have you out as my guest." So I realized that I had all these people that were members of these exclusive clubs. They like to show off their home course. They like to travel and experience new courses. And clearly they like to geek out about golf on the internet. So I said, there's mm-hmm. got to be a way to connect all those people um, because they would obviously get along and turn it into a business for myself. So I created what's called the 80 Club, which is essentially a golf society for private club members around the world. So the idea being it's making it a lot easier for people to get access to places that they might not have gotten access to otherwise. You know, it's, I, I, I'm a little envious of the fact that you that this sort of manifested itself yeah in the business because when i, I kind of went into when i did roasty coffee when i started that website i was hoping that that would happen where <laughs> i was like oh you know i'll make a little bit of money with affiliate marketing but i know that it's a coffee website so there's really not that much money to make there i was like maybe something will come that i didn't know existed and nothing ever did but this is a makes so much sense for what you're doing. Well, and I think that that's one of, at least when it comes to hobby sites, I think that's one of the most underutilized uh, forms of monetization is that kind of super niche membership community. Because when you think about it, it's like you look at some of these hobbies, um, usually people are writing about industries. They're not necessarily writing about a niche within the industry or a even a niche within the niche. So for instance, golf is an yeah. industry. Um, and then you've got golf travel, so sub-niche. But for the person who's a member of a private club, likes to travel, likes to host, likes to get out about golf, there's really not much yeah. out there for them. And so you could you know, look at homebrewers. There's probably a subset of homebrewing that people aren't talking about where people would love to get together on a regular basis and be able to build a community and share information and share contacts. Um, 
you know, out there just because it's a lot harder to find that person that shares that interest of that kind of sub niche of an industry. That's interesting because the the first thing that came to mind in that I'm like, well, homebrewers are homebrewers, but no, in fact, uh, one of the reasons that I struggle with meeting other homebrewers is because I feel like I, I, I am a little advanced. Like I do a lot of advanced techniques because I am a psychopath and, and a little bit of a nerd. And I know that there's a lot of homebrewers that I've encountered who are just like casual. They're just casual about it. Yep. And it's like a, it's a, it's a true hobby for me. It's like, no, it's a, it's a, it's everything. It's a you know lifestyle. I mean? <laughs> it's a lifestyle. And it's like, I think of, I'm, I'm reading technical book after technical book. Cause I want to know, I want to know the, the microbiology of it. And I feel like those people are rare, yep. you know, that really sort of really even even professional brewers don't even get that crazy with it. Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know if they would pay necessarily because there's no like I think in your case, you have an interesting thing where it's like you are they're getting value out of it. Like literally they're getting to play golf courses they've never played before. And yes. you probably could never play. Yes. So there is certainly an access component. But yeah. I would also say that depending on how you struck, you could find ways to make it valuable to someone, even if it's sure. you know, even if it's only charging, you know, five bucks a month or you charge fifty bucks a year or something like that, to essentially be part of a vetted community where you know the people in there are all legit, they're all like minded. You know, maybe there's a, a way to you know, share equipment or things like that. Or maybe there's a way to get hops or, you know, materials you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, So there's all sorts of ways where you can provide value or there is value to be created within this community that I think people would be into. Well, I mean, not to, not to make this a leading question, but I'm assuming that location rebel, which is a membership site. Yep. um, In like that kind of helped you find this as an opportunity too, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I don't run a membership site. So it's like, I would never think to do that. Well, now it's like with pretty much everything I create, I'm like, okay, how can I turn this into a membership site? Because with Location right. Rebel, like we're teaching people how to build small businesses and allow them to travel, get them to the point where they're making their first three to $5,000 a month. Well, what's ended up happening is now we've got all these people that have built successful businesses. And a lot of them have built successful freelance writing businesses. And so you get to a point where you're doing freelance writing and you found all these clients and now you've got all this work. Well, now you've got too much work. You've got to find new writers. So where are you going to go? Well, a lot of them go right back to the location rebel community. So someone pays, you know, access um, to the course, you know, pay 500, a thousand dollars, whatever it is. Um, And then they say, okay, I'm getting all this training. I'm learning how to do it. But not only that, I'm getting access to potential writing jobs. So I don't even have to go out and find them for myself. And, you know, just through that, you can make back the cost of the course really quickly. So, um, so it's all about, it's not just about the people, but it's about finding that unique angle where people are going to get something they wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I've, you know, yeah, I just would never think to go that route, but it's so interesting that you're because you have done that before it makes sense to you to for you to do that. Well, and it's just it's right? so easy to set up. The barriers to entry are, you know, sure. next to nothing. So, well, I mean, that's why I said earlier you were like, yeah, I started this website blah blah blah, um, you know, based on my hobby. And of course, I'm like, yes, I I understand exactly where you're coming from, but I know that to some people setting up a website is not the easiest thing in the world. Yep. And b- starting to write content for that website isn't the easiest thing in the world. I mean, even Brewcab and I've struggled with to be consistent about it. Yep. Um, for context, and I guess for me, um, which I like to know is, and you don't have to, you can give rough numbers or no numbers if you, whatever you want to do. What does breaking 80 make? 
and how and where does that money come from? Yeah, percentage-wise, so roughly, we probably make you know somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars a year through Amazon, just through affiliate stuff. So not a ton, okay. but not nothing. Um, not nothing. We probably make around somewhere between sixty-five and seventy-five thousand dollars a year from the membership component. Whoa! Yeah. Wait. Uh, why do I not remember this from the last? <laughs> like, so it's so oh yeah because it's it, you're so you're breaking eighty is what you're saying. I'm I'm breaking I, eighty. There you go. <laughs> nice, good one. Yes, I had I had three months to think of that. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, and that's I mean I mean okay. So what is the per, so that's a, all right. So I, I would you would say like ten to ninety percent or maybe like eighty twenty, right? 20% affiliates, 80%. Yeah. And then, you know, product. the other angle, which is kind of like this wild card that I wasn't expecting is I've ended up getting a lot of freelance marketing work within the golf industry. So because right. I'm a good copywriter, I know direct response marketing. I've gotten some of the larger golf websites out there that have come to me and said, Hey, will you work with me and help me create marketing funnels and things like that? Which, you know, I don't, I don't offer freelancing. It's not something I do, but you know, when right. the money's right and the opportunity is right, sure. then there you go. So that's been one additional thing through the golf site. That's been another source of income. I wasn't anticipating. Huh. All right. So, um, that's a, and how many employees do you have working there? Like uh, how many, how many people do you pay? Zero for that. Zero. So what does your overhead look like? The website? Not hosting? quite zero, but pretty close, you know, pay for, right. I pay 20 bucks a month for hosting for the forum. I pay, you know, whatever it is. You know, well, that's for the that's for the actual like product. That is right? for yes, the product for the forum software. You know, what's I, the name of the is the name of the product is the product a different name than Breaking Eighty? Uh, it's called the Eighty Club. So the Eighty Club. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's the community. Um, and that is, and that is, and that's is that hosted through your website or is that hosted somewhere else? No, it's on uh, Discourse. So open source forum Discourse. software. Uh, I use DiscourseHosting.com, which is phenomenal. Okay. Pay them twenty bucks, uh, twenty bucks a month, cool. and they they're great. And that's really all it is, right? Is it like a forum? Yeah, pretty much. And you can, cool. you know, there's aspects to the forum where we've got some discounts and we've got, um, you know, we've got a, our own online store for members and things like that. So they can get golf clothes mm. with our logo and all that kind of stuff. But what what's the uh, plat? Like, how do you get people to pay? Like, where do, what's that? How do you get people to pay through that? Or you do it? You like you do you open and close it or is it always open? No, it's always open. It's application. Always open. Um, but it's also one of those based. things where it's super low tech. I literally send them a, uh, a PayPal link. It's like, here you go. Sends oh, wow. them directly. Here's the link. Sends them directly to PayPal. I don't have a fancy checkout or anything, um, which it's funny considering I'm talking to people that in some cases are legitimately members of golf clubs that cost in the six figures. Um, yeah. And it's like, hey, here's sure this, some of them are millionaires. Here's, here's yeah. this PayPal link, you know, pay me $500 a year for access to it. And it's worked. And does the pay? Do you have to manually send them that new link to pay each year? I, or is it automatic? Oh, no, it's that? automatic once they do that. So it'll once they do that. You know, okay, cool. Be recurring. And then but you have to manually like make sure they're in and out. Like, if they don't pay. You have to follow up and then. Exactly. And it's one of those things wow. where it's it's honestly the process of setting up the automation would probably take an afternoon. It's just been. Yeah. You know, it's like. I like having the hands-on aspect of it where it forces me from I kinda dig that. getting I kinda complacent like that. and just letting things kind of automate. I want to talk to the people when they join. I want to make sure everything's set up. If they do decide they want to leave, I want to talk to them and make sure I understand why. And so making yeah. it more of a manual process, um, I think it's just been good for me because it keeps me engaged with it. 
yeah also you're you're getting 500 bucks when they do that yeah so, so you don't feel too bad mind, about spending the time <laughs> in your mind you're like yeah I'm, I'm i'll take my time with you like you just gave me 500 bucks totally you know what i mean totally as, as opposed to like doing a membership site where it's you know ten dollars a month and you're like well ten dollars i'm not going to spend time with you because you're ten dollars to me yeah. right now. you might leave <laughs> next month totally i mean i get that mindset it's i i that's all right that's pretty dope that's uh all right so all right so you're making most of that 80 grand a year from that site yeah you know it's it how many articles are on that site and then how often do you post those articles uh right now we probably have a hundred and 60 175 somewhere in there um and that's, and that's o- over how many years it's over like seven years um okay. so it's not wow, like there's okay. a, so it's been around yeah it's been around is but it's not like there's a ton of content you know it's one of those sure. that you know i've been fortunate that the site ranks really well for most of the things we do reviews on but it's always i've always treated the blog aspect of it as this kind of like the redheaded stepchild of my blogging career um there's yeah, so much opportunity there and i'm just like we were mm-hmm. talking about this before the call it's like i'm just now getting like re-engaged and trying to create content for it because like i said it's like um when i get more traffic more eyes are on the 80 club and i get more people yep. to join uh, I make more affiliate revenue. Um, it makes me more authentic. You know, people, when they see more reviews and they see more posts that are coming out, um, you know, recently, um, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, this guy's the real deal. He's still around. He's still out reviewing stuff. So I've really tried yep. to kind of say, you know what, there is a ton of potential here and I need to do a better job of capitalizing on it. And what do you, what's your traffic look like on average a month? Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like, 35 to 40,000 uniques, maybe 80, 85,000 page views, which compared to swim. You is like, it's like a little tiny blip. Yeah. But compared to brew cabin, which gets roughly the same. Yeah. And I'm only making a thousand dollars a month. One thing I've done a very good job of across all my businesses is the, the dollar per visitor number I've got is relatively high. You know, none of my sites get, get crazy amounts. You know, I don't like dig into the analytics like you probably do, uh-huh. but you know, sure. I'm very aware of the fact that my site gets a frac my sites get a fraction of the traffic of many friend sites or other people in the industry, yet I often am making many multiple times more than many of them are. Hmm. That's um that's <laughs> I, I, I wanna sit here and say that I can I can figure that out, but I to me I feel like Brew cabin is one of those things that's 100% affiliate marketing. And I know the rule of thumb with affiliate marketing, especially with Amazon, is that for every uh, 30,000 visitors to your site a month, you make about $1,000. Interesting. And okay. That's, right? Which is what does that hold up for your yeah, site? Yeah, that's pretty much kind of right in there. Yeah. Right. So, so it holds up for my site. I heard that through uh, Income School. I think I watched like a video like randomly. And um, I was like, all right, well, that's. You know, either I can do a lot more to make more traffic or I can funnel that content creation into creating like online video courses that I could sell privately or in your case, build a membership site, which, you know, could be a bunch of courses or it could be whatever. But that's still a lot of work. You know, what you did was fascinating because it wasn't I mean, yes, it took work to set up, 
But really, the inherent value is is just is in the connection, is in the community itself. Exactly. So there's really not a lot of content to create on your end. Well, and it was it's like just managing. Yeah, with Location Rebel, I spent years, and we're still creating content and blueprints and you know roadmaps. We're walking you through every part of how to build this business, and then the community at the you know was kind of like, oh, it's this bonus thing. But the community has right. ended up being the most valuable part. It's like there's Crazy. so much, you know, so many different places out there you can get you know tips on how to build a business. It's nice that this is like tied up in a bow and is very step by step, but that community aspect's kind of the intangible. And then right. with Breaking 80 inside the club, there's really no content aside from our forum content. And so, you know, now I've got, you know, 200 some members that are in there every day creating content. It's become like one of the coolest golf resources in the world, and it's only available yeah. to our members. So it's this really kind of tight knit community, but um, that's all through just the shared content and the shared knowledge of the people. And so, like you said, the people is really what it's all about. Right. And you had said uh, that, yes, if you get more traffic, meaning if you create more content, you get more traffic, you'll get more eyeballs on the break in 80 or the 80 club. Right. Uh, do you think that you're underutilizing your current traffic right now? Uh, yes, 100 okay. percent. I'm not optimizing very well for building my email list, which this was actually pretty interesting. So, you know, I don't have a ton of people. I've got maybe 5000 people on the you know golf. Oh, email list. yeah, it's not a ton. Well, in comparison Wait, 5, to 5,000 people in the club. No, 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 no. 5,000 people on my email list over seven years. Still. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's not huge. It's not huge. It's not huge. And I hadn't sent an email to them in a year, something like sure. that. So I sent an email. This was like two months ago. Maybe I was like, okay, let's just see. Like I have not sent anything to this. Let's see what happens. Yeah. 50% open rate. Crazy. Which I was just like, okay, like now we're on to something. So then I sent an email the mm-hmm. next week. 60% open rate. I was like, wow. Impossible. Okay, possible? what's going on here? So so I very much realized there's an opportunity within you know, yeah. email that that's, I mean, all of my business is through email with Location Rebel. And so the fact that so little of it is with Breaking 80s, just a missed opportunity. Sure. And, and but do you have like, like how do people know that the 80 Club exists on your site? Um, is it just there? Yeah, we've got kind of like a hello bar. Uh, we've got a like club link. Um, and that's kind of it. Like they basically have to kind of be clicking around to, to find it. Um, unless they, you know, we've had people write about it or whatever. So they might get some direct traffic from other sites or referral traffic. Sure. So one of the things that I did this year that was weirdly helpful and like kind of a no brainer move and why I didn't think of this at forever. I used to have, um, my products like automatically embedded at the bottom of all my posts. Yeah. Right. Fine, easy enough to do in, in a WordPress theme. Um, but then I started adding it in the middle of the posts. Oh. And all of a sudden, my stuff shot up. Like, my sales shot up. Because more people knew about it. Interesting. And I tried, doing, I tried doing email, and it just didn't work. And then literally talking about the club within the content as, like, not a sales pitch, but, like, and if we're talking about this golf club, we have a few members of the of the 80 club, blah, 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 yeah. who, who have, you know, and here's some here's what they have to say about it, because I'm sure you have that content. You could throw that into your like more popular, you know, articles and probably get sales just like that. Absolutely. I mention it like now that you say that, like I do mention it in most of my posts, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I was playing in an 80 club event and I pulled out this rangefinder to review for the first time, like that kind yeah, of stuff. Cool. So, and you link to whatever and I link to the, you know, yeah, all cool. that stuff. So I do that a yeah. little bit, but the, the idea of like 
putting a bigger call to action or something right in the middle of a post, having like a banner or an image or something to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't run ads on the site, but even just creating ads to the 80 club um, would be, right. go a long ways. It, it, yeah. It's that idea of like, if I'm not going to run ads, I might as well do it on my, I mean, I have the real estate. I might as well be to my own thing. Absolutely. That's, that's helpful. You know, you had mentioned that you haven't emailed these, these people in a, in a year. Yep. Um, and you haven't been creating content on the website. Uh, I mean, sporadically. I'd post maybe once a month. This is where, th- this is one of my biggest concerns with with Brew Cabin and why I had, you know, we have we had been consistent in writing articles for Brew Cabin every week, and I wasn't writing them. Somebody else was. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that my I love homebrewing so much. Yeah. I, it is like it is. I am sad that I don't get to do it as much as I want to do it. Yep. But I'm worried that every time I go outside to brew, it's attached to work now. Like now I have to film. Now I have to write. Now I have to think like how can I turn this into content? Um. Should I? Should is that a is that a concern? It's a hundred percent a concern. You know, I've been doing Breaking Eighty. I started it in the summer of 2012, so it's 2019 now. So I'm doing it like seven years. Um. Yeah. The last year last 18 months i've been burnt out on golf it's like you know it used to be twice a week what a weird thing what a weird thing to be burnt out on by the way right? <laughs> the fact like, that at my that age the- doing what i'm doing i've played enough golf to actually get burnt out is kind of yeah ridiculous it's, it's like someone saying like i'm burnt out on sitting on the beach I, I just can't sit there and relax all day. Like it's, I'm tired of it. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like for years, all my travel or like 90% of my travel has been for golf. My free time has been for golf. And then you factor in, um, I think a lot of it started when I you know, began the 80 club because then I was having events that I was hosting. I was having to make introductions. I was having to manage the forum. So it wasn't just all of a sudden taking photos of cool golf courses and writing reviews. It was like I was having to manage the whole business around it. And granted, it's a oh, okay. relatively low maintenance business. But you factor sure. in all of that and the fact that my golf game was slowly getting worse. So when I go out and play, I was not doing as well as I was used to doing. And is that because you just didn't have enough practice or it's because just- I didn't have enough practice or it's, you know, my in running, you know, kind of three different businesses, um, your focus just gets scattered. And so if you're not uh, focused on a golf course and don't have natural ability or whatever, then, you know, all of a sudden you stop paying attention, you start, start slicing the ball, uh, you start doing all the stuff. And, you know, so really, maybe it's your clubs, dude. Yeah, that's totally what it was. I should, I need to go spend three grand on more brand new clubs. That'll fix it. But yep. it is, it is an element of what <laughs> you just said you were concerned about where when mm-hmm. I would go out, it became, got to take photos i've got to review this product i've got to go travel to go play this course you know for whatever reason and don't get me wrong i love all of that especially like doing yeah. events when i can meet 80 club members in person like that's freaking awesome it's super cool um but when i'm at home instead of going out to the like golf club that i pay for a membership at like i'm like oh, i'm gonna work or i'm going to go for a hike or i'm going to you know i don't ride the elliptical like you do you ride an elliptical Use an elliptical. Yeah, yeah, you get on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just found myself wanting to do other things because so much of my brain space is taking up with golf. Like, it's like if you're a caddy at a golf course and you spend all day carrying, you know, someone else's clubs around and you're on the golf course, yeah. even yeah. if you can play golf for free, you know, the last thing you want <laughs> right. to do when you get done with an eight hour day is go back out on the golf course. And so mentally oh. for me, it was kind of like that. And so I think there's 
a point to what you're saying where it's like as soon as brewing becomes a thing where it's like oh, i gotta make this beer because i gotta test test out this kettle or i've got to like video this and spend an extra two hours documenting it all like eventually it gets to a point where you know that that's a concern oh man so like that just reminded me of um when i was doing when i first started swim university when i was working at the pool store and dealing with pools all day and then I had to come home and write about pools. I, yeah. You can't do that. Well, and so but you, you got to learn to set boundaries is kind of what I've found. And so I've actually started to get more excited about golf again, specifically because I've kind of said, okay, I'm going to go play golf, but this is fun golf. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm not going to do reviews. I'm not going to do any of this. Or I'm going to write this post and I'm going to do that. And then afterwards... I'm not going to think about all the other things I have to do and kind of segmenting my time. So it's not just like one thing bleeds into another, bleeds into another. And all of a sudden it's just like nothing but work golf. Um, you know, m- making sure that I make time for the fun stuff, which is what got me into it in the first place. Is there a happy medium? Yeah, I think there are hundred percent is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cause I'm, I'm listening to that story and I'm sitting here going, how do I, how do I brew? And do what I need to do, but then not have as much tied to it, right? Like, what is the absolute crucial thing that I need to do in that moment, but that's the bare minimum to get something done? Does that that make sense when I say that? Yeah, I think part of it is knowing what you have to get done. So for me, like, if I'm reviewing a product, I know I need X, Y, and Z photos. I need to test out X, Y, Z feature. And so maybe it'll be like, hey, I'm going to review this product, and I'm going to do it for the first four holes. And all I'm going to think about for the first four holes is... You know, how does it feel? Is it working? Playing with the stuff, if it's a gadget, taking the photos I need and say, okay, I've got a pretty good feel feel for this. Um, I've got a you know pretty good sense of what I need to do. So, okay, for the rest of this round, I'm not going to worry about that. I might use it if it's a tool that I'm enjoying using, but I'm not going to, you know, stress about it and kind of setting those, those boundaries. So for you, it could be, um, hey, the only thing I'm focused on right now is this review of this kettle. So when I'm using that and working with that, like I will document it, I'll photograph it, but any other thing in the process, like I'm just not going to worry about it. Right. Um, One thing at a time. One thing at a time. And a lot of it just comes down to being honest with yourself about how you're feeling. You know, maybe you're burnt out on one aspect of it, but not about other aspects of it. And just kind of taking a step back and assessing what am I not enjoying? Why am I not enjoying it? And what do I have to do to change it so that I am enjoying it? Well, yeah. Have you have you thought about bringing on somebody, somebody like a right hand person, just to help you, like with, so that you can focus on golf and the game and and traveling and getting pictures of these courses and having the review, meaning like you you are experiencing it. Yes. And then you, but then you have to come home and write, or you have to do it on the course, or you have to take pictures or whatever. Like, do you, have you thought about just having that like? person to be like hey i just went to this course here's all my shit organize it make it a thing and then when i get back into the office we'll turn it into something i've thought about it's not so much that i've the the time consuming part gets to be doing the reviews driving out to the course looking at the product the packaging thinking about it looking at the presentation opening it up figuring out how to use it use it figure out what you like about it what you don't like about it come back write it um there are 
times I love that, but there are times it gets very tedious. And so what I have found just recently is a dude that just joined my club. He's a great golfer. He's a great guy has been wanting to get into like the golf, you know, industry and, and do product Mm -hmm. reviews essentially. So he's like, dude, I'll review whatever you want. And so I'm getting him to help me out with a bunch of the reviews and he's probably going to be better at it. Not only because he's a better golfer, but also because he hasn't been doing it for seven years. So he's more motivated to, to jump in. He's like, yeah, whatever you want, send it to me. I'll write reviews about it. So, um, you know what I I've thought about too, in that, and which he could help with is when you go out to a course and you're reviewing a product or in my case, like I'm, you know, somebody sends me a fermenter and I have to like use the fermenter, um, in the moment, I'm not going to write anything down. I'm just going to get my phone out, open up the voice memo thing and just start saying my, my piece totally. (laughs) And then send the voice memos to somebody to write it into a coherent review. It's my voice. That's, that's awesome. I've never done that, but that, that could be really good. That could be because then you're just focusing on it. You're, you can like you. So my whole thing was like, I want to not think. I just want to sit there. I want to use the product as if it's like I just bought this new thing. I love this new thing. I want to love this new thing. But if I and then at the end of my day, I can just sit down on my phone and be like, okay, I use this fucking thing. And, you know, the thing, the lid popped off and that was pain in my balls, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And this part, I didn't like how to have I had to carry into the house. It was heavy. It was awkward to carry. I wish it had wheels. You know, like just totally. kind of just spitballing. And then someone and then can take somebody, that and actually turn it into a coherent uh, article. Right. And then at the end of the day, I can take a bunch of pictures of it. Like I right. have no problem just sitting there snapping a bunch of photos. And then I can like end my day. And then the next day I can go in, pop the card in, pop my memos in, and then just create a folder and be like, here, person, you know, put it together. Totally. I think that would le- allow you to be the the person who has to do there's one side of the work which is like you have to use the product and you have to give it a fair shake yeah right totally because if you're so worried about like what you're gonna say in the moment yeah maybe that like you know i think the the biggest issue for me personally is i've always i've always thought of myself as a lifestyle entrepreneur it's like solopreneur whatever you want to call it i'm the guy that's like i built businesses around things i like to do that give me the freedom and the time to do the things i want to do and you kind of start Location Rebel, and then it's like, okay, that's going pretty well. I'm going to start Breaking 80. Okay, now that's going pretty well. I'm going to start the 80 Club. And okay, that's going... And then all of a sudden, like, as each of those starts having success, each of them turns into a full-time job. And I've been reluctant to, you know, hire anyone. Like, you know, I've got my kind of right-hand woman, Liz, who helps with Location Rebel, and she's awesome. Could not function without her. Um, mm-hmm. But now with all the golf stuff, it's pretty much just been me. And I'm still putting yeah. most of my time into Location Rebel, plus these other two things. And I've just been hesitant to treat it like a real business and actually hire people that can help and help grow it and make it better. And so that's the point I finally got to where it's like kind of realizing you can still be a lifestyle entrepreneur, but get help and, you know, treat it like it let should me, let, be treated. Yeah. Um, not to interrupt you, but I, I want to interrupt you. Um, the, 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 the idea. So now the outsourcing thing is, is it feels easy for me to say to you because you're breaking 80 grand a year. And so I'm just like, Oh, take half of that. Give it to somebody else, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, whereas like at brew cabin, we're making a thousand dollars a month. Like what, uh, yeah, who the, you know, what am I going to get for that? Are you more concerned about like, well, that's my money. hundred percent. 
That's okay. always like, okay. I mean, and I don't know if you experienced this as well, where it's like, yeah. because it's a solopreneur business, like, because, you know, it's based on your hobby, right? Exactly. It really like the business and personal finances are like very intricately tied. So it still yep. feels like, oh, to hire someone for $40,000 a year, that essentially is $40,000 that could stay in my pocket. <laughs> and right, I right. may. And things still get done. And things still get done. So, you know, I might not have as much free time or you know, I might not be able to get as much done as I would like, but things are working and I'm 40 grand richer. Um, yeah. Is that the right way to approach things? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And you yeah. just kind of have to decide what the right fit is and where that balance is based on, you know, your business goals, your lifestyle goals, your your stress levels, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it just, for me, it's like, the way that I've always approached um, hiring or having or getting help is if I don't get help, it won't get done. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, if, so if I, if it needs to get done and I'm the one that has to do it, but I know deep down inside it won't get done. If I'm the one that has to do it, then that money isn't mine. It should go to somebody else because then it would get done. And then instead of making 10 grand a year, I could be making 20 grand a year, pay them. And now I have an extra 10 grand. Totally. My problem is but it's an investment. You got to forward think a hundred percent. It'll get done. It just might not get done for three months. <laughs> right, and that's right. the thing. Like eventually if it's important, it's going to yeah. get done. And even if it's not important, it'll still probably get done. It just might take a long time. And so it's yeah. kind of a mindset shift. And I think that's just one of the, the challenges of having these hobby businesses is they are so mm. tied up. Um, and you know, it just, it takes a very disciplined mindset shift that you have to think about on a regular basis. And that's something, you know, if you, you want to get into like, you know, struggles or, you know, problems with this type of lifestyle, that's been one of the bigger ones that I've wrestled with for, for a long time. Um, do you think like you're going to start any other ones or do you feel pretty <laughs> maxed out right now? I, yes, to both. <laughs> to both okay um i keep saying it's like i can't start anything else can't start anything else and then i just started something else um yeah there's a cocktail site a cocktail site haven't really told anyone about it it's mostly it's starting just like breaking 80 did where you know for you know haven't really talked much about this publicly but i've got this stupid goal along with playing the top 100 golf courses i'm trying to go to the top 100 bars in the world and so yeah, you have a lot of goals i like quests apparently so like quests, i've yeah. now been to 58 of the top 100 bars in the world um, wow. and so I kind of realized like I should, if for no other reason than posterity and kind of a personal journal, I should be documenting this and writing about the reviews and writing about the experiences. So I started a site where I'm doing that and just like okay. breaking 80, I did it for fun. Wasn't worried about anything. That's kind of where this is at. I'm going to start it. I'll write in my free time. Maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Yeah. Are you, would you be okay if your life in your life, like you had a bunch of just hobby sites that were all kind of collectingly making money here and there and you kind of like worked on them like as you please yeah i mean as long as i can manage the stress and come to terms with the fact that things will not get done as quickly as i would like them to you know if i can kind of continue doing what i'm doing making the same amount of money right now indefinitely then yeah that's a pretty good place to be um yeah i'm just you know it's it's it feels good to me too and it's like um I think I was when I was talking with Jason Zook, he was saying, like, you have your thing, right? You have Swim University pays all the bills. It's like your whole thing. And I think in your case, you have Location Rebel. Like, if you if that were the only thing you had, yeah. you'd be okay. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's like, well, then why, you know, and, and I spend about maybe an hour or two a week on Swim University 
as a, as a website. Yep. And just to just sort of maintain it. It's like, well, then why isn't, you know, 95% of my time focused on the other thing completely? Well, and that's where you wrestle with. It's like, yeah, Location Rebel is the thing and it's working, but it's, it's working because I continue to put time into it. And if right. you just completely neglect that, then all of a sudden, and I think that was something that happened for a couple of years where I said, you know what, like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'll kind of do the the maintenance. I'll do what I need to do. But then all of a sudden you start seeing traffic drop and email opt-ins drop and algorithms right. change. Mm-hmm. And so I've spent the last year really saying, you know what, I'm going to double down on this and I'm going to make sure that it continues to be the best resource out there for people that are looking to build this kind of business and does it in a yeah. way that's different than all the other people that are talking about affiliate marketing and online marketing and make money online and all that crap. Um, and so I feel like we've got something special. We're finally starting to see all that pay off traffic going back up, sales going back up, email opt-ins going back up. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that, you know, right now it's working right now. Like it's working from a traffic perspective. The stuff we're teaching is working for people five years from now. Maybe that won't be the case. Maybe what we're teaching is not going to work. Maybe, you know, algorithms will change. We'll get zero traffic. So I'm at this (laughs) point where in terms of just planning for my future, I want to make sure I'm capitalizing on the opportunities now rather than just saying, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the, you know, the hobby stuff that even though with my particular hobby of golf, um, there is a ton of opportunity with that as well. So, you know, yeah. the cocktail site, that's one. It's like, okay, that's just fun time. Like do it after five o'clock yeah, sure. or whatever. But those two. But, but those are, the, that's what I wrestle with as well is like, yeah, I could put uh, uh, my effort into swim university and, and get it really big and take that money. Or I could diversify quote unquote and, and split my time towards this other thing and build that up. Cause like, what if one of them stops? Totally. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, you know, one, they both sound like good ideas. Yeah. And that's going to be different for every person, but I think there is something to diversifying because, you know, as I think that was part of why breaking 80 grew when it did is I was like, Oh, like, you know, it seems like location rebels from the metrics have been going down. It was funny. I used to, um, to joke with people in a mastermind group. I was like, yeah, you know, traffic's, you know, it's still going down a little bit and, you know, email opt-ins going down. Sales were up. <laughs> Sales kept going yeah, up. All these other things going down. And now, fortunately, like crazy. everything's going back up. So, um, right. you know, it's for like five years. I felt like everything was just at a plateau. It didn't matter what I did. I could not grow mm. traffic. I couldn't grow opt-ins. And now it's finally like, you know, trending the right direction. So it's. And what do you what do you attribute that to specifically? Uh, a lot of optimization. You know, we went through, mm. you know, one, I think it was a hosting thing. To make a very long story short, yep. we moved off WordPress onto Rainmaker worst decision I have ever made in my life. Within three months, we saw our traffic drop by 30%. Um, spent thousands of dollars to move on to Rainmaker, thousands of dollars to move off Rainmaker. And since moving off, within a couple months, we saw traffic start to go back up. Uh, we deleted like 250 blog posts that were just kind of dead nice. weight. Um, did a whole technical SEO audit to make sure the site was in a good technical place. Started researching, doing keyword research for every post. Started you know, really working on kind of hub and spoke. So we have kind of like our freelance yep. writing hubs, our affiliate marketing post and hub, our bucket list. We rank really well for that term, those posts. Um, and that's really you know helped quite a bit. Yeah, it really does make a difference. Ah, who would have thought? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's boring work. It's not creative work, you know, but... But when you see the results, it's like, it's also yes. like, it's boring work, but it's also easy work. So I can sit down and spend four hours working on it and feel like, oh, 
this is actually going to make a difference. And when a month later you see, oh, that actually made a difference, that feels good and makes yep. you want to work on it. It's like getting on an elliptical. It's like getting on an elliptical, which you do frequently. Which I do frequently, and as much as I should be doing. But I feel like I still sl- I slack here. Right, I'll, I'll get on you. Yeah, please. Yeah, you gotta send, send me some predetermined messages yeah. on, <laughs> in Apple Watch. Exactly. Pre, 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 uh, That's where, for those of you but, who don't know, that is where Matt Elliptical Giovanisi, the name for today, came from. Because <laughs> on a, I guess not daily, on a couple times a week basis on my Apple Watch, I get a notification from Matt saying that he worked out and burned 600 calories. Yeah. And so I basically choose whatever snarky response it's given and send it to him. What, yeah, it's usually the first one's pretty good. It's usually pretty good. It's just like, oh, tired of running today, idiot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's mean enough. I love it. Uh, what's what's next What's next for uh, for Go Ogle? Um, right now, similar to you, I've been kind of all about YouTube. Um, you know, yeah. after writing 700 plus blog posts over the last 10 years on Location Rebel, it's like, you know, there's only so much you can do. So now I'm saying, well, let's take that same content and new content and jump into a new medium. Um, I've always liked yeah. video. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It allows you to be a little bit more creative. And it's opened up a, a new traffic source in a way that I wasn't yeah. expecting. Um, you know, I've been surprised, even though, you know, subscriber growth is relatively limited. We get five, 600 a month, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But the number of people that are joining Location Rebel that they said they um, was through finding us on YouTube has been shocking to me. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying to take that more seriously and grow that part of the business um, and continue just doing everything I can to help people build small businesses that allow them to travel, do the things they want to do, have more freedom, all that stuff. I mean, cause that's what it's all about. And where can people find you and what you teach? Uh, all over the place. Locationrebel.com, uh, youtube.com slash locationrebel, at Sean Ogle on Instagram, S-E-A-N-O-G-L-E. And for people that are into golf, which is probably maybe one of you, it is breaking80.com with 80 spelt out. There you go. Uh, thanks for doing this again. It was my pleasure. Anything for you. <laughs> and we, you will come out. Yeah, you've been on twice now. Um, I'm sure you'll be back on friend of the show for some other topic. Maybe if you have something that you want to pitch me, uh, that you want to talk about just for funsies and not maybe as formal. At some point, I think we need to do a YouTube talk because you spent half an hour before this talking about all the cool YouTube stuff you did. And I want to grill you and have you basically tell me what to do with my YouTube channel because you've done something very impressive. And whether you talk to me about it or somebody else, you should talk about it on this show. That's not a bad idea. I would do that. I did uh, with Travis, our mutual friend. Uh, he, we did like an SEO audit for his yeah. site, like on the show. And people found that super valuable. So maybe doing like a YouTube audit. And, and look, uh, that's what Tom, so Tom, um, who, who just like uh, Tom Martin, who uh, we're both in his course, which is vidpro.com. Just, I wanted to just talk to him about YouTube optimization. And then he had kind of like, he came, he came prepared with an audit. Oh, that's awesome. University. Yeah, so he was like, oh, I would do this, I would do that. I'm like, oh, man. Awesome. And then you did that, so, and now it's... And then I did that, yeah. Still working on it. Still still get to upload, uh, like, do a bunch of thumbnail replacements. But other than that, like, yeah, we're, we're pretty... And there's a, um, an article on Money Lab that talks about everything that I've done. So uh, I'll start to share all the data, because that's, like, really fucking... That, like, hockey stick curve is, the, is great. That's awesome. See, so... Super fun. But thank you again. Uh, I want to thank Sean Ogle for sending in my new middle name. 
which is elliptical. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges and email Matt at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on future episodes of the show. And of course, feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. 